What is up, everybody? It is Lan here with another episode of Cheeseheads Weekly. Uh, this is episode 53, and this is going to be a fun one uh, as we get started here. But uh, before we get there, you be sure to check out the Q&As and polls on Spotify. Um, lots of fun to participate in those and makes it more fun for me and uh, for all you listeners out there. Also, the show is available pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe there. You can leave a comment um, on an episode. That would be uh, fantastic. And I uh, love to see the support and uh, very grateful for that. Uh, you can follow me on social media. I'm available pretty much everywhere now. And uh, at Cheeseheads underscore weekly, except for on X, it's at Cheeseheads underscore W. I post um, short clips of each episode, kind of the highlights of each episode, and also whatever random stuff I feel like. Um, I'm probably the most uh, active on Instagram, but uh, yeah, I post the, the clips pretty much everywhere, uh, so you can check those out, and uh, yeah, gives you something interesting uh, to listen to, some good analysis, even if you don't want to listen to the whole episode. I um, also post those on YouTube as well, and uh, new episodes come out every Tuesday. You can hit the bell icon on YouTube and Spotify to be notified when a new episode comes out. Be sure to rate the show. You can rate and review on Sp- on Apple Podcasts, sorry, and um, also you can rate the show on Spotify, and uh, be sure to tell your friends about the show as well. That would be fantastic. So we had uh, some playoff football going on this weekend. Uh, we had um, Chiefs-Ravens, and we had Lions-49ers. I'll go over both those games briefly. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Baltimore Ravens 17-10. to Not something we exactly expected uh, there on the score, but uh, there's a lot of defense in this game. But uh, Kansas City, it may look like, you know, only a seven-point game. Kansas City dominated this game. I was able to watch most of it and uh, wasn't really close. Uh Chiefs defense uh, held up well against the Ravens, and Ravens just made a couple really bad mistakes, or really more than just a couple, actually. And um, really, my takeaway from this is the Ravens weren't ready. The moment was too big for them, uh, specifically Lamar Jackson. Had some incredible plays, threw a 13-yard pass to himself, saved one interception on that one. Also threw an interception into triple coverage. Um, made just tried to do too much at times. It looked like and uh, just ha- thought he had to carry his team to victory instead of you know doing the Patrick Mahomes thing, just hitting the layups, just you know st- playing within the system. And Lamar's kind of been like that even throughout the regular season. He's he tries to make the big plays happen. And uh, to be honest, uh, his accuracy was not really there on deep throws. He was overthrowing a lot of guys. A few times he had guys open and uh, was able to hit a few guys downfield um, at some points. It's Zay Flowers downfield at one point. But uh, Zay Flowers got a taunting penalty on that play, and things just kept piling up. 
Later on that same drive, uh, Lamar Jackson threw to Zay Flowers, who sprinted for the end zone, tried to dive in between two defenders into the end zone, got stripped before he got to the end zone. The dive would have been good enough, but um, not a great move because he extended both hands out, and uh, they were able to strip it pretty easily. Chiefs recovered, and that was a seven-point swing right there. Lamar Jackson threw an interception into the end zone, in the triple coverage, like, had no chance. Not sure what he was trying to do there. That's a 14-point swing. Like, just some really bad mistakes, and there were penalties all game. Um, at one point, Kyle Van Noy uh, got a, a personal foul. Uh, roughness penalty uh, on against Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Travis Kelsey kind of just baited him into it, you know, got in his face a little bit, you know. They're uh, talking trash, I guess, chirping a little bit there, and uh, Kyle Van Noy just went and, you know, headbutted him. The physical action is what's going to get called, and uh, I can't do that. And Travis Kelsey's a vet, and he was uh, laughing in his face after that one. And, you know, Kelsey knows what he's doing, so he's he'll be out there just, you know, talking trash to everyone and just making everyone mad at him. And, by the way, Travis Kelsey... For all the Swifties out there, had a big old game. Um, don't remember what the exact stats were. A bunch of catches, over 100 yards, and um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty evident that the Chiefs are made for playoff football. Ravens, not so much. And uh, safe to say, Lamar Jackson, you know, he's not, hasn't got that clutch element in him. Uh, yeah, the moment was just too big for Lamar, and I do think he'll be back. He's too good um, to to keep, uh, you know, out of the playoffs and everything. But, yeah, he's just really good. This is a good young team. Um, and the, they, uh, you know, came through some growing pains at the beginning of the year and looked unstoppable until they hit this game. I'll be honest, I did predict the Ravens to win because I had the Ravens and Niners in the Super Bowl. Um, before this game, I was getting a little bit nervous. I saw the game against the Bills and, you know, Chiefs in the playoffs. I was like, you know what? Chiefs are probably going to win this one. I just kind of, you know, had some doubt in my mind that the Ravens were going to be able to pull this off. And, um, apparently that part was right. Obviously, I still had my prediction, uh, turned in from before that, uh, the Ravens were going to win. Didn't happen. Uh, to be honest, uh, there was this little thing going going around where uh, the Super Bowl uh, logo for the year has the teams that are in the Super Bowl with the color, the colors of the teams in the Super Bowl with the color on the bottom being the team that wins it. This year it had 49ers on top and uh, Ravens colors on the bottom, not far off. Um, you know what I think? I think what happened is, uh, I was talking to one of my friends, I think what really happened is... Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey started dating Taylor Swift um, in the middle of the season. And so we had, uh, before the season, they came up with the logo. They're like, all right, we're going to go 49ers, Ravens, Super Bowl. And uh, it all was shaping up to, to be that eventually. And then uh, this, the Taylor Swift movement happened. And, uh, yeah, the NFL's like, well, can that idea. We're, we're going to have to get the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl for all the Swifties out there. So pretty sure that's what happened. Don't look now, but the NFL may be rigged. Um, 
yeah, I wasn't terribly happy that we got a, another 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, but it is Brock Purdy getting in is a cool story, and the 49ers did defeat the Detroit Lions in uh, San Francisco at their home field, and uh, they did it uh, by overcoming the largest first-half deficit in championship history. And that deficit was 17 points, if I'm not mistaken. 49ers went on to win 34-31. And uh, pretty much first half, it was all Lions. Second half, it was all 49ers. And uh, Lions also made some really bad mistakes. There at the end of the game, dropped um, a potential interception that instead ricocheted off the face mask of the Lions defender. And uh, Brandon Ayuk made a tremendous catch. Uh, yeah, great concentration to just keep that ball in view and uh, able to make the grab, and that set up a touchdown as the 49ers were just rolling in the second half, you know, breaking off big old plays. Brock Purdy had some huge runs, man. That guy is underrated um, athletic-wise. I mean, he can really he can use his legs uh, when he has to, and he was out there playing some tough, gritty football, and uh, yeah, credit to Brock Purdy. looked really good out there. Um, yeah, Lions made some bad mistakes. Uh, it honestly looked kind of like the Packers 49ers game in the divisional round the week before, um, where they were in control of the game, should have won the game, and just kind of threw the game away with some missed opportunities, some mistakes. The thing is, the difference is the Lions' mistakes were all coaching related pretty much. Um, there was that missed interception. That was a somewhat tough interception to make. That wasn't like the Darnell Savage drop where it's right in your hands. You know, he's tracking the ball deep down the field and, you know, goes right through his hands. He's kind of, you know, diving for it in a way. Um, still should have came down with it, but um, definitely, and I mean, definitely shouldn't have gave up the catch, which, I mean, that was just a tremendous play by Ayuk. But in... In the end, it was just, you know, two two fourth down uh, non-conversions where the Lions could have kicked the field goal, field goal both times. Both times they were in field goal range, didn't kick the field goal, went on fourth. That is six points, potentially, that they left on the board there by not converting. Got way too aggressive late. Uh, went for it on fourth and goal uh, when they could kick the field goal and try to drive and get the touchdown after the onside kick. Not sure what they were thinking, but... They ended up getting the touchdown, amazingly. But, of course, then they had to make an onside kick. That wasn't possible. And um, they really just kind of blew it at the end of the game. You want a more detailed uh, description of it, you can... uh, uh, Andy Herman does a little bit better job uh, describing it. But uh, that's kind of the the gist of it and some bad coaching decisions. Time management, they didn't want to use their timeouts, and they took it down, you know, ran the ball um, on uh, a goal-to-go situation. I'm not sure what down it was. Potentially third down, one minute left, or one minute left when they called the timeout. And um, so they ran the ball, got stuffed, and then they had to call a timeout where they should have just got down there and spiked it real quick, shouldn't have been wasting a timeout. Really just poor poor game management by Dan Campbell. And it's like he doesn't even call the plays. That's what he should be focused on the most. And just kind of got too aggressive in some situations. And we saw, you know, going got really aggressive against the Cowboys earlier in the regular season. 
and um, yeah, kind of blew that game because of a missed two-point conversion when they could have just kicked an extra point and got into overtime at least, got really aggressive, and obviously the penalty played a part in that game, but I mean, he was still going for two from seven yards out, you know, so I don't love some of the defi- decision-making. I mean, I get why everyone loves Campbell because the aggressiveness, you know, you like to see it, but it's a playoff game. You can, you know, you can at least tie the game, um, and like they could have tied it earlier with a field goal, stuff like that. Like it's playoff football. You gotta play a good, sound game, coach a good, sound game, and you make mistakes like that, and that's what'll cost you a football game. And it did uh, in this one. So that is pretty much it for my description um, of that game. Uh, Super Bowl will be okay, I guess, um, for all you Swifties out there, and um, I will maybe watch the second half. I'd like to give a little bit of love to uh, some of the kickers out there. Uh, Tyler Bass was getting uh, death threats on social media. He deleted social media, which I do not blame him one bit, after receiving death threats after he missed the field goal um, that <clears throat> would have sent the Chiefs-Bills game into overtime. Instead, it gave, he missed Chiefs won, ended up in the Super Bowl, and uh, I do not like to see this stuff at all. Uh, fans... Please stop, okay? We don't need that. And, um, yeah, NFL fans, we're going to talk a little bit about this next week. Uh, we got the Pro Bowl games. This is the perfect time to talk about um, why the NFL is uh, really dumb sometimes. And <laughs> I like to watch the NFL because of the football. I like to watch the sport. But the NFL makes it like, okay, try to make it fun you know it's not all about getting gain for yourself and like I said I'll talk a little bit more about that next week because uh that's when we'll need more topics uh, to talk about but uh yeah I gotta show some love for the kickers I also watched a uh short um from Adam Botkin he's kind of a social media um type of guy posts uh short videos mostly short videos of him kicking and uh other random stuff and so i watch some of his shorts just randomly as they pop up in my uh, feed on youtube and um watched a reel of him making all the field goals um obviously you know no one no one trying to block the field goal anything like that um that were missed in the playoffs and uh when he got to the Anders uh Carlson one he talked about um how everyone you know was talking about how horrible the kicker was uh he pointed to the snap and the hold uh the hold ended up being a little far out there and uh caused the kicker you can watch the video yourself I actually uh posted it in my story on Instagram on uh, she says at she says underscore weekly you can check that out and uh, follow me on Instagram, but um, yeah, the uh, kind of made the kicker uh, wrap his foot around the ball a little more, and kind of just really pulled it left. And uh, yeah, 
I mean, it's little things like that, but that's what can throw off a kick. And um, Matt Orzek, the long snapper, has not been great on the season. Some bad snaps. I think Daniel Whelan has done a pretty good job overall as a holder. I mean, they had a snap earlier um, in the year. I don't remember when it was. It could have been, I think it might have actually been in the playoffs sometime. Maybe also in this 49ers, in the 49ers game, you know, a week ago where uh, one of the field goals he made, if he made a field goal that game, I don't know. It was a field goal that uh, Orzik snapped the ball, put it on the ground, and uh, Whelan had just enough time, was able to get it up, and the kick was good. I uh, was able to get the hold up uh, in time, uh, stuff like that. We got to fix the long snapper. We have not had a good long snapper in here for a long time. Different stuff like that. We got to fix the special teams a little bit. I have full faith in Rich Basaccia. I've had uh, high praise for him ever since we hired him and highest paid special teams coordinator right now but um, the pressure will be on him next year uh, to get this special team performing a little bit better we've seen flashes they've still not been you know great they haven't really taken the leap that they thought that we thought they might and uh, definitely want to see that get better but anyway uh, all that to say uh Show some love to them kickers out there. They don't get any a whole lot of love, you know. They don't really get talked about when they make a field goal because everyone just expects them to make every field goal, and if they miss, then they uh, receive death threats in some extreme cases. All right, big news here. Obviously, this news is close to a week old because I recorded the last show just before this happened, but I'm at the floor not waiting around this time to make a decision. He has fired Joe Barry there were reports right after that he could be brought back um, and have another role on the team um, I talked about the idea um, with uh, Robin and Troy about maybe hiring Brandon Staley as defensive coordinator and having Joe Barry as a linebackers coach and uh, they didn't seem well at least Robin didn't seem to like that idea neither of them really did here's the deal I'm not totally against that um We'll talk about uh, candidates here in a little bit. Packers did bring in Brandon Staley for an interview um, for this position. Um, here's the deal. I'm not totally against that. Sure, it's the same scheme. It is not always the scheme. It depends on how you use your players. And uh, we've seen kind of the, the ability to adapt. And it's possible while Staley uses the same, same scheme, maybe he's better at putting players in positions to succeed maybe he can adapt um, is able to adapt the offense a little bit better and I think Joe Barry is a good positional coach I think he's good with the players has good energy uh, I think maybe he's just not meant to be a defensive coordinator and that's just um, kind of the issue here so um, do I really want that no that's pretty low on the list of options but if we if it gets to this and we have to hire Staley I'm okay with it um if the Packers interview him and they like him and think he can be better than Barry but if it's just gonna be if it looks like sure it's same scheme but different coaches um are different uh Brandon Staley had horrible defenses at Chargers but he at uh when he was with the Chargers as their head coach he was a head coach which makes a difference. Other responsibilities can't focus as much on the defense as he wants to, maybe. 
uh, was the defensive coordinator for only one year. Small sample size. Rams were pretty much the best defense in the NFL. Did have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That is why I really don't want it to happen. Way too much risk. Uh, he could be good as a defensive coordinator. He could be. I mean, there's plenty of examples. Vic Fangio is one of them. Uh, he was the Broncos head coach for a little bit there. And uh, that didn't work out so hot, but he is still respected, highly respected as a defensive coordinator, great defensive mind in this league, runs that same type of scheme as Brandon Staley and Joe Barry. Uh, They kind of come from that Vic Fangio coaching tree. Um, So I think it could work. Um, It depends on the coach and each, you know, coaching personalities are different and, um, I remember, you know, Joe Barry received pretty high praise coming in right away, training camp, uh, just for his energy and uh, connecting with players. But obviously that changes after a while if the defense just does not play good. And so I don't want Brandon Staley to be hired, but that's why I'm not totally against the idea as much as I was before. All right. Now we will get to... Um, some, some defensive coordinator uh, candidates here in a minute. I do want to talk about kind of the position, like, uh, will the, will Green Bay actually draw interest from more of the top options here, um, for defensive coordinator? Here's why I think they will. Uh, it looks like Green Bay is primed for, you know, potentially, I'm not saying we should go all in for Super Bowl run next year. I think they are, you know, could get there. I mean, I think they could have got there with this team. I mean, you feel it a little bit more when you're thinking they had the Niners. They don't miss some of those opportunities, miss the kick, miss the drop the interception, you know, all those missed opportunities. We win that game. We play the Lions. We've already beat the Lions. We go to the Super Bowl. We're playing the Chiefs. We've already beat the Chiefs. And you feel that loss a little bit more. Packers were a lot closer than you would think, and uh, they could have been. They could be in the Super Bowl right now with Jordan Love and this youngest team in the NFL. Um, would be an incredible story to see a seventh seed, first seventh seed to even win a playoff game, and uh, if they got in the Super Bowl as a seventh seed, youngest team in the NFL. Blah blah blah. blah. I mean, it didn't happen. So. <laughs> You could stop dreaming, but I'm just saying they were close, and they could be even closer next year. That's the expectation. That's the hope, and uh, so that's why hiring a coordinator is important. So, I mean, these defensive coordinators, this is a prime landing spot. We have a young team, uh, a good bit of talent on the defensive side of the ball, with a general manager that loves to draft defensive players, that's where the main needs seem to be. They don't have a ton of glaring needs on offense. So uh, we could see Goody going out there drafting a lot of guys. And um, this is, you know, the offense is taken care of. Not a lot of drama. Uh, I think it's a great spot for a defensive coordinator. And I think uh, guys out there would would love a chance at this job because Green Bay, they're young. Um, they could be good for a long time. And, uh, yeah, you're set up for success there. Um, good coaching, stable ownership. Uh, or uh, 
stable organization, no ownership, which is partially why it's a stable organization, and uh, young team and that's ascending. Uh, lots of great, young, ascending players, ascending talent, and uh, yeah, could be a great landing spot for a defensive coordinator. I will say two other moves here real quick Packers made um, right close to after the firing or maybe before some of them of Joe Barry. They also fired their strength and conditioning coach, uh, Chris Gizzy. Uh, been there a while, um, and they had a lot of hamstring injuries, soft tissue injuries that kept reoccurring, Christian Watson and Eric Stokes specifically, and I believe that is the reason kind of led to that and uh obviously there's something they need to change to limit those they've struggled a lot with hamstring injuries uh the past few years especially watson and you know stokes last year as well um you know just they keep coming back keep popping up again after they're healthy they're back a game or two and then it just uh, locks up again so Matt LaFleur said they do have a plan in place for Christian Watson, and um, they're going to work through that and just got to work on seeing what to change, um, what to do differently, um, figure out what is the problem. And, uh, yeah, they're having some tests done uh, for Christian Watson and likely Eric Stokes as well to just kind of figure out and get this problem solved during the offseason like to see that stuff happening and uh, they also already brought in kicker competition for Anders Carlson which I said they need to do um, I'd love Anders Carlson to be the kicker of the future but I think um, to work toward that point you need to bring in competition they brought in uh, Jack Podlesny and uh, I think he was formerly with the Vikings maybe and also uh, was a Georgia Bulldog before that in college so Kicker competition, fired strength and conditioning coach, and the def defensive coordinator pretty early on after the season so we can get on with the search for defensive coordinator, um, get the competition ready uh, for training camp, mini camp, you know, all those OTAs, all that stuff. And uh, next on the list, I think, is we need a long snapper. <laughs> we need to... Uh, we need to fix everything and look at everything on the special teams, uh, especially. All right, let's go over a few defensive uh, candidates. So first of all, let me just uh, look here. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have interviewed or will interview uh, former Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, Bills linebackers coach Bobby Babich, and... Dallas Cowboys defensive line coach Aiden Dirty and Denver Broncos defensive backs coach Christian Parker. So I already talked about Brandon Staley a little bit. I did not look into Bobby Babich and Aiden Dirty a whole lot. Uh, I, From what I've heard, everything seems to be pretty good about them. The one I'm most excited about is Christian Parker. And uh, here's part of the region. Andrew Mertig on X or Twitter, uh, based on, I'm quoting uh, from him here, based on two separate sources, Christian Parker is currently in Green Bay, and I'm being led to believe he's been offered the Green Bay 
DC job. No word on if it has been accepted. This is on January 27, which would be Saturday. Um, so this is not an official report. This is uh, Andrew Murtag from the Packaday podcast, one of the hosts over there. Um, and apparently I did listen to an episode where he kind of explained a little bit what he was thinking. He said he kind of wished he didn't really put it out there because everyone's blowing up about it. And we're seeing um, everyone, you know, pretty much accepting it as truth. There's been no other reports to confirm that. Um, So it's something to keep an eye on. He doesn't know for sure himself. He He texted someone. He heard from a friend that they saw Parker wandering around Green Bay. Um, Murtag texted a friend that has connections within or is connected to the organization. And uh, that friend said apparently led him to believe. Okay, uh, he didn't get into specifics there. But he said he did want he did choose his words carefully for that reason, um, based on what his friend told him. His source told him uh, he was led to believe uh, that Parker was offered the job, and uh, apparently he had another source as well because it says based on two separate sources. So all um, all told, we do not know really anything more than we do before except for the Packers are obviously interested in Christian Parker, and it's possible they offered him the job. We don't know if anything's happened on that front. We don't know for sure if they did offer him the job. We don't even know if he's actually in Green Bay. Um, We do know that they are interviewing Christian Parker, who uh, was the defensive backs coach for the Denver Broncos. I will go over him um, in a deeper dive a little bit here in a minute. Other candidates... According to Albert Breer on X, uh, we have Titans passing game coordinator Chris Harris uh, apparently crushed his interview with the Packers a couple years ago, and Matt LaFleur worked with Ajiro Evero in Los Angeles. So those would be two names to consider. That is Albert Breer. Um, so those are, yeah, two names to consider. Ajiro Evero, I've talked about him a little bit. He would be number one on my list. If they could get him, uh, he would be the guy I would get. Ajiro Evero apparently could still be in play. So far, uh, he has received interest from the Rams. Um, But Carolina Panthers did hire a new head coach, formerly... Uh, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, and Ajiro Evero could either take a head coaching job or remain with the Panthers as defensive coordinator. But according to Albert Breer again of SportsIllustrated.com, suggests Evero, a potential top candidate for Matt LaFleur, could still be in play for both the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams, uh, who are interested in Evero as well. According to Breer, Evero is set to make $3 million per, re- per year as the Panthers coordinator in 2024, but he would make, quote, 
at or near the top. Sorry, but he would be, quote, at or near the top of a candidate list for the Packers and Rams and a chance to coordinate defenses for either the Packers or Rams. It might better help Evero's chances of one day becoming head coach. Evero, that's kind of his goal. Um, I think he could be a head coach right now, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if someone hires him here uh, before too long. But if not, Packers, I already talked about it, great landing spot and could help his chances to become a head coach. So Panthers have been blocking interview requests for Evero, and the belief is the team wants to return to lead the defense for uh, Canales, a first-time head coach. Evero was a defensive quality control assistant in Green Bay under Dom Capers in 2016, interviewed with LaFleur during the 2021 hiring cycle, was on the short list, apparently. Packers eventually went with Joe Barry after uh, offering Jim Leonard the job. No word on if Jim Leonard is available, really, or, I mean, he's out there. Um, Packers apparently haven't interviewed him yet. Not sure if they're interested anymore. It's pos- It's quite possible that the Packers offered him the job before he didn't take it, and they're just going to leave it at that and look elsewhere. Uh, Jim Leonard, uh, I bl- Andy Herman did some for poll with the fans, with a whole pile of candidates and came out at the end uh, with Jim Leonard as the fans' choice to be uh, the new Packers defensive coordinator. We will see if that materializes. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Jim Leonard is one of the top candidates on my list. Um, But I got to say, I've looked into Christian Parker, um, who seems to be the most likely option at this point in time. Without knowing a whole lot, I will talk to you a little bit a little bit more about him, but I think he just moved into the top of my list. And, uh, yeah, like I said, talk about him a little bit. So his coaching resume, he's a native of Northern Virginia, attended the University of Richmond as a student or athlete, and he ran track um, at the University of Richmond, also played receiver and cornerback, for the football team. After his playing career, he joined Virginia State, which is a Division II program, uh, as a graduate assistant, and was then promoted to defensive backs coach. After two years at Virginia State, he left one HBCU for another and joined FCS Norfolk State as a defensive backs coach. He then went... Uh, spent two years there actually and joined Mike Elko's staff at Notre Dame defensive analyst in 2017 Elko is now the head coach at Texas A&M and uh, he left he left Notre Dame in 2018 for A&M and Christian Parko Parker I'm not really sure where I'm getting I guess Elko and Parker you get Parko that must be what it is. Uh, Parker followed Elko to Texas A&M in 2018 in an analyst role yet again. In 2019, we have a connection. Matt LaFleur hired him to be a defensive quality control coach under then-defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. He was there for two years in Green Bay for two years was offered a full-time 
on-field coaching job by the Denver Broncos as their defensive backs coach. And he's been in Denver for three years now, and he was um, retained, and he's been under three different head coaches and three different defensive coordinators. He coached under uh, Vic Fangio, who uh, chose to part ways mutually, I believe, with the Dolphins and was immediately hired by the Eagles. So he's now the Eagles defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, and uh, current Panthers defensive coordinator, Jiro Evero, who, like I said, is at the top, or very near the top, him and Parker, right right close to the top. I'd say Evero's probably at the top of the list if um, Packers could get a hold of him. But as far as ones that are actually more available, Parker's at the top of the list. So current Panthers defensive coordinator, Ajiro Evero, and uh, current Broncos defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, this past year. Joseph was hired to be their defensive coordinator, and uh, Parker coached under him. That's a big deal because if you have def- new defensive coordinators and head coaches, um, like completely different staffs, but yet he made that a big enough impression on them, even though completely, you know, maybe different schemes, um, all that diversity, uh, he was able to retain his role as defensive backs coach um, those three years, even with all the changes going on around him. Uh, that's big stuff. So very young. He's only 32, uh, turned 32 back in December. So he's just 32. Young guys, you know, energy seems to be good with the players. You can listen to some sound bites on YouTube. Um, and be sh- also listen to Andy Herman's uh, The Pack A Podcast. Andy Herman has an episode where he talks about the uh, interviewees uh, for the position, that uh, the guys who have interviewed uh, for the position with the Packers, and uh, talks about Parker there and gives some more thoughts. I won't. I do not want to steal any information from him, so I won't talk too much about that. I'll just say what I know. Um, and I found a quote here um, from Robbie Davis, who covers the Broncos. Uh, Here is the quote. For sure, he's been there a while and has been a huge part in the secondary, obviously, with their technique, but he's also been a big part of their defensive structure. Especially this season, Peyton wanted to bring in Vance Joseph to run a blend of his defense and the Fangio defense, which he's never been in. So, Parker was practically teaching the defense early on while also teaching Vance on the finer details of it. You can watch the defense start to take form as the season went on. Early, it looked like a bunch of jumbled up concepts with no philosophy, and they found their identity midway through the season. One thing that was notable for me was how the DBs for the past few years have played a sort of passive and safe style of coverage slash tackling, but when things... uh, and that's Vic Fangio style defense um, to interrupt there. Uh, like we've and we've seen that from Joe Barry a lot. Um, so for the past few years, have played a sort of passive and safe style of coverage slash tackling. But when things this season were really bad for, were really bad. Sorry, him and VJ Vance Joseph flipped the switch and started to emphasize playing the ball in the air. And when they tackle as well so i think that says a lot about how adaptable he is adaptable 
Uh, by the way, that's the end of the quote. Adaptable is the key word there. That is the main thing I believe we're looking for in a defensive coordinator, adaptability. And I think he can do that because he's been in so many different schemes. It says here he helped Vance Joseph, um, teaching him what kind of they wanted. Um, Vance Joseph running a blend of his defense and the Fangio defense. So Parker was pretty much teaching him the Fangio side of the defense. Um, as he had previously coached for uh, Vic Vic Fangio there in Denver. And then we have, uh, yeah, the adaptability, um, and that's what happens when you're playing for three different systems, and that's pretty crazy. Evero does run a similar system to Fangio, and Vance Joseph, not really sure what coaching tree he comes from, um, but obviously he blended his defense with the Fangio defense because um, that is what head coach Sean Payton wanted. Uh, so Parker was interviewed by the Patriots. Patriots had interested in him, but uh, the job has been given to uh, DeMarcus Covington, who was uh, was with the Patriots. They promoted um, from inside, went internal with it, so Parker has pretty much the Packers' interest only for the most part. I mean, everyone's interested in him probably to some uh, extent. Here is current defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, uh, the Broncos' defensive coordinator. Quote, he's sharp, man. He's sharp. He's a star. He's a great partner to work with. As a veteran coach, I've coordinated for about seven years now. My tape is out there, so I'm looking for ways to do different things. I've been speaking with Christian every day and bouncing ideas off him from what he's done with Vic. And guys in the past has been fun. We're making changes and growing off what they did last year. He's smart, he works his butt off, and his players love playing for him. He's a star. So... Man, really, really good stuff from Christian Parker. Um, Guys speak highly of him. Vance Joseph speaks highly of him. Guys that cover the Broncos speak highly of him. That's all I'm really going to say. I don't know anything more than anyone else. And uh, But I'm excited. He's young. There obviously is some risk involved. I mean, it sounds like he has all the basics covered except for the experience. Never been a defensive coordinator, hasn't even been in the NFL that long, but just connects with the players. Um, and that's why I was intrigued by guys like maybe Al Harris, who kind of just teaches the players to do their thing, and then um, they can mix them into the scheme however they best fit but uh you just teaching just teaching the players to be technically sound uh just to play better overall themselves and uh i think that's a lot of what christian parker does former player and i don't think that's a bad thing uh former players seem to connect with their teams more and with their players more that they're coaching so uh i like to see that uh, obviously not former player in the nfl just a little bit in college so not you know, a ton um, of playing experience, but that does make a difference, I think. And so, um, yeah, 
I, I think that will help him uh, as he if he is able to get the job, and I uh, kind of hope he does. Really intrigued by him, and uh, yeah, really young. Like I said, everything looks good except for kind of you know the inexperience uh, coaching in the NFL and lack of experience as a defensive coordinator. Like I said, you can watch on YouTube some uh, sound bites from him and uh, some good stuff there. Sounds like a really cool guy. All right. I believe we're going to wrap this thing up. Next episode, um, we got the Pro Bowl games. Not going to do a whole lot of talking about that. I'm going to talk about the NFL a little bit. I might go over uh, my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL uh, right now. And... um, not just on the season, who I think are the best um, 10 quarterbacks in the NFL overall right now. Also, um, or maybe you could say going into next year. And uh, let me think here. We got um, some different uh, free agency coming up, draft coming up. I'm going to definitely get into research with the draft. Uh, Pack-A-Day podcast is really upping upping, uh, their game. They got Ross Uglum in there, who is a draft expert, um, and uh, he's doing a what uh, had been over with Packer Report, but he's doing Packer draft stuff. And uh, Mock Draft Monday is uh, coming over in podcast form as well. Uh, I forget when he's doing episodes Monday and maybe two or three days a week, but I mean combined with everything else they do. It's really incredible. I like uh, having some draft content, and it's just Packers, which is awesome. Uh, it goes over the Packers' needs and players that they will be, you know, keeping their eyes on and probably be, you know, more interested in, and who I'm more interested in, just because it's more related to Packers. So um, you can check that out. The Daily Draft um, by Ross Uglum there, Packet A Podcast, wherever you get the Packet A Podcast, which is anywhere. YouTube included, uh, shout out to them, and uh, no, I'm, they're not sponsoring me or anything dumb like that, I just think they're a really great show, and that's where I get lots of my info from, so I think I should at least uh, give them some credit for that, um, yeah, that's where I get some of my ideas, and I uh, really appreciate that, okay, I guess that is it for today's episode, I will be back next week episode 54 to talk some other random topics i come up with without a whole lot of football happening uh we get to talk some you know extracurricular so uh stay tuned thanks for listening i really appreciate it Uh, once again subscribe follow uh, wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube be sure to rate the show rate and review on apple podcasts uh follow on social media and um that's all for me go pack go